Bob Cusack with The Hill, back with Mark Penn. And as we always do every month, Mark, let's summarize your polling in one word. What's the word? Uh, I think it's an unusual word, uh, better. I think that's going to be the word. Why is that? Is that the economy? What, what, what is better? Well, because I think after such a long period in which people have been just increasingly negative about everything, at least we have a three or four point move here, better on the economy, better on their personal situation, uh, may not be reflecting much in 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 Biden favorable or job rating. He goes up one point, so so it's a little bit better for him in that sense. Uh, but I think that you know there was a there was a better jobs report, better inflation report. Uh, there was more of a sense that the Fed is done. Uh, raising interest rates, the stock market got better, and I think it's reflected in this poll. I wouldn't say people are doing doing uh, uh, jumping all all over the place or like throwing confetti. Just three or four points better. Sometimes you hit a bottom, you begin to move up from the bottom. And as you mentioned, slight upticks in the economy, a little more optimism here. Biden goes from forty four to forty five percent approval rating. However, the flip side of that is that Trump is still beating him, and you got Trump up seven, doing quite well in the primary. What's uh, your analysis of uh, of those numbers, especially now that Nikki Haley seems to be making a move and trying to cause some, uh, you know, basically create a lot of noise in these early states? Well, look, a month better won't give Biden build back better. Uh you know, it's a little bit better for Trump overall in the in the horse race. I think there's a lot of concern about Biden about just him just being too old. Even if I, even if I kind of like policies or think he's doing a better job, and even if the economy is getting a little bit better, uh, there's still some fundamental questions about Biden. The more Trump has been out of the news cycle, the better he seems to do. And so he has a, a much better favorable, unfavorable, since he's not on making caustic comments every day. And I guess he's had it out with some judge, but nobody really, you know, people don't like, you know, these judges anyway. Uh, and so uh, so things have gotten a little bit better for him. And But on a national horse race, in our poll, and, and it's been in our poll for the last couple of months, but now virtually every other poll, uh, shows Trump uh, ahead in the national horse race against Biden. But as I kind of caution the people, that doesn't really mean that Trump is going to stay where he is or Biden is going to stay where he is. The election isn't being held today. Right. And there are, as far as you know, Trump's numbers, and I, I was struck by that, that he got over 50%. Uh, he's uh, above water now by plus seven. Nick Haley, Nikki Haley's up plus 14 Hunter Biden, not above water, minus 31. And this is a problem for the president because your polling shows that three in five believe that Joe Biden did know about Hunter Biden's business dealings, uh, despite the president, of course, repeatedly saying, no, that's not the case. Now, recently, as opposed to earlier this year, I have not seen Hunter Biden hanging out at the White House or hanging out uh, uh, so in a prominent way. Uh, I would imagine that's got to continue for the next year, right? Especially with with Hunter's controversies, and he's going to appear before Congress at some point. Well, a lot of this depends what happens with Hunter Biden. It does seem that whenever Hunter Biden gets in trouble, 
um, his dad pulls him closer. I think that's what, what he does each and every time. He may be concerned that, that it might you, he might go back to drugs and others. He could have basic familiar and fatherly reasons why he does that, regardless of what polling chose. I had never put Hunter Biden in as a favorable, unfavorable character, and, and, and he is really strongly disliked. Uh, and, and so we'll see. Uh, most people think that, sure, President Biden was part of the business. That doesn't mean they think he should be impeached or thrown out of office. It does mean that the Republican investigation is getting through in some ways. And uh, if they keep building evidence, I'll have to see where it goes. It's sort of a slow burn uh, at this point. And look, just as Trump's trials are another slow burn, you know, out there as well, because we we probed what uh, Trump conviction, uh, what effects a Trump conviction would have on Trump. And pretty much 90 percent of his voters said, yeah, convicted. Uh, sure, we're still sticking with him. As you know, and, and speaking of Trump, uh, along those lines is, you know, Trump, your your numbers show, obviously, Trump, like other polls, doing very well now. But things change. Ted Cruz won Iowa in, in 2016 and, and and he came from behind and Nikki Haley's trying to come from behind. I think it's kind of a race for second, uh, honestly. Uh, so it becomes a two way race, whether that's DeSantis Trump or or Haley Trump. Um, as you mentioned, the convictions, if there is a conviction, they don't really affect Trump voters. Nearly nine in 10 say eh, it wouldn't matter. Eleven percent wouldn't vote for him. On the flip side, though, your your data show, listen, 63 um, percent among Republicans uh, believe, well, yeah, maybe I could change uh, my mind on Trump. What do you make of those kind of two different figures among Trump supporters that, yes, the conviction is not going to. Uh, affect my vote, but maybe I'm not entirely sold on Trump. Uh, I think two things. I think number one, the Trump vote is not as hard as people depict it. There's a lot of Republican voters out there. Uh, remember, the Republicans are primarily a suburban party. 51% of the primary electorate will be suburban. 49% are women. They're not all, you know, Christian evangelical. Oddly, Trump now has dug in really quite well with the, 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 the strong right wing of the party, which didn't welcome him at first. And the, the rest of the party, I think, is on like, mm, I'm not really sure I really want to support Trump if I had an alternative. Well, they're going to see how much of an alternative they have. Uh, and I do think these primary things can move far more quickly. And there's potential there for it to move. And only one candidate has shown consistent momentum during the period here, and that is Nikki Haley. She's showing very strong momentum in New Hampshire. Uh, people knew she would never do that well in Iowa, but she seems to be second or third in Iowa, you know, as well. And if she comes out second or third or close second or third in Iowa and then comes in first in New Hampshire, then she really will have a race. Uh, and if Trump doesn't show up for a debate uh, in New Hampshire, I think he could get get walloped there. I don't think that New Hampshire voters are going to uh, uh, want to be snubbed and take it uh, in what is a very famous debate, you know, between Iowa and New Hampshire, and they expect it to happen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and what do you make of uh, RFK Jr.'s numbers? Uh, you know, he uh, he's up 25 points uh, above water. 
uh, you know, he's gotten over 20% and, and, and among independents who are clearly sick of Trump and, and Biden, uh, maybe it's a protest vote. Maybe it's just the Kennedy name. But what do you make of that? And do you think there'll be an effect? Is he going to hurt Trump? Is he going to hurt Biden or neither? I'm somewhat flabbergasted by it. Um, yeah. But then, you know, I got my fifth shot. You know, I don't think I don't <laughs> think Anthony's on his first. Uh, <laughs> True. The, uh, look, I, 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 there, there's clearly when we do these polls, an opening for not Biden, not Trump. And right now, the only person sitting there who's not Biden, not Trump is, uh, is Robert F. Kennedy and Jr. And you know what? The Democratic Party made a big mistake here. They should have given him a stage. They should have let him play his hand out. He would have lost. Right. And instead, they did everything they could to stack the deck against him, kiss him off. And now they've got to deal with him as a third uh, party candidate. And, and That's right. he is going to take more uh, from from Democrats. Uh, and, uh, you know, look, I think Manchin and and the others who were, who were who were talked about will take pretty much equally. I mean, a centrist candidate takes equally. Right. Plus or minus. Right. Of it's really about whether they can get up to a threshold uh, to win. Jill right. Stein, Cornell West and Kennedy all take from Trump, oh, I'm sorry, all take from Biden, which it doesn't matter if Biden is losing to Trump by seven points anyway. Exactly. Right, right. Right. <laughs> it would matter if Biden was up two or three points. And, and yeah, and right now this is all representative of the fact that, uh, you know, Biden is president and he's, his job rating, at least in mind of 45, which begins to get him back into a range where he, he, he could win. Uh, but he's th there are a lot of concerns about giving him a second term and whether or not that term is going to be for him or for Kamala Harris. And they definitely do not want to vote for Kamala Harris indirectly. And what did you make of David Axelrod's comments? Obviously, former Obama advisor uh, basically throwing some tweets out there saying, listen, you know, suggesting. Maybe Biden should step aside and cause obviously major problems. There's there's no doubt about it. There's friction between the Biden camps and Obama camps. That's been th the way it's been for years. But now it's been out in the open. What do you make of that? Because we're also getting so late in the game for Biden to drop out. Well, conspiracy theorists uh, say that this is all to make an opening for Michelle Obama to come in at the convention. Uh -huh. That's what the. That's what the conspiracy theorists say. And the conventions in Chicago, remember. Well, so that's uh, Obama's backyard. I could put that on Twitter and get it removed. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. Or, uh, but but in any event, the, the, so I was just surprised that uh, I was surprised that Obama took issue with Biden's Israel policy in a public forum. Uh -huh. um, that's something that former presidents particularly of the same party, generally don't do. By, uh, Obama would not have liked it if that was done to him. True. Uh, and and I, I think that um, uh, Axelrod, I think, was a one-two punch there. And look, you know, you've seen these comments from Carville. And look, I go out and look, I try to be careful in that. I say, look, the numbers aren't good for Biden, but he's got a year. Um, and to, to really change them, and if they stay this way, uh, it, it'll it'll be really difficult to get elected. So I just try to report the facts on it. 
I think you saw some real friction here between the Obama and the Biden camps. I'm sure the Biden camps appreciated that, like, not at all. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah. it, is, it is what it is. But I was surprised uh, that, that they would do that because it wouldn't have, it, it's not, it's not going to change it. Right. And I, I wanted to ask you about something, obviously a very different election when you're, when you're talking about state legislatures and governors, very different than federal elections. But Democrats had a very good night on election night, 2023. Uh, what does it mean, if anything, for 2024? Uh, it means they had a good night in 23. Uh, <laughs> these are not really particularly good bellwethers in terms of what's going to happen. Um, I think the, uh, but, you know, I, I, I think Youngkin trying to win the state assembly uh, when he should have been trying to win the presidency instead uh, was was generally a mistake. Those things are very hard to pull off, particularly when you when you announce that that's what you're doing. You've got to do those usually under the radar screen. Uh, and, and people like divided government. So so I don't think that they want to give uh, somebody a blank check, even if they've got some things uh, that they like or not. And I. Uh, so I think, uh, but, but uh, I, you know, I was most intrigued by the Ohio referenda on abortion and marijuana. Right. You know, here you have a, a state that's 10 points plus Republican, consistently so now, and how are they voting for marijuana and, uh, and you know, basically choice at the, at the Roe versus Wade plus level. And to me, the answer, when I analyzed it is, and I see it in the polls now, that these have become issues of personal freedom, that that whether or not the government should regulate a woman's right to abortion or whether or not the government should regulate my desire to have marijuana, whether or not you're getting an abortion and whether or not you're smoking marijuana, independent voters who typically will vote Republican, they are also the most libertarian. And I think they're the ones who put these two referenda over the top in addition to the Democratic base. And I think that the, the Democrats, while Republicans have been out there on freedom of speech, they've been out there on cancel culture, they've been out there, uh, you know, they've been out there on, on all of these issues that relate to personal freedom and parental rights, they're on the wrong side of these two issues because they're actually advocating for, for more government. And that's what's, I think, split their base. What were you, and we talked about it briefly, but I, I do want to zero in on Israel, obviously front and center now with, with the war raging. What were your takeaways on, on the Israel polling? 80 plus percent across all parties support Israel over Hamas. 80 plus percent believe Israel is right to keep going. Uh, and 80 plus percent believe, you know, Hamas is to blame and committed terrorist but among that 20% uh, or 15 to 20% uh, who support Hamas in some way, shape, or form, there's A, a lot of misinformation in terms of what Hamas really stands for, uh, and B, it's split very much by generation, so the support is heavily concentrated in those who have time to go out and demonstrate, younger people on the college campuses. The level of, of kind of I hate to use the word misinformation, but they're so uninformed about some of the basic facts that I do believe that much of that is just a function of the of the kind of a TikTok generation that has very limited uh, exposure to 
to to you know these issues in depth. Uh-huh. And uh, what about guns and crime? You also asked some questions on that. What what what, what were your takeaways there? Uh, my takeaway is a lot of people want to have a gun. Uh, I mean, we ask people whether or not they they are going to get a gun. A lot of people are going to get a gun. So, including Democrats, including Democrats, in order to keep, you know, I think people believe that that uh, that that violence has been allowed to uh, spin out of control in a way that if they're in danger, they're not going to have time to call the police. The police, well, be very good at catching them someday, and and. Probably, you know, depending upon the luck of the draw, letting them off or not, but you won't be here to see it. Uh, I think people are much more sensitive now to, uh, again, as part of this notion of personal freedom, you know, being secure uh, in their own environment. And I think they saw a lot more, a, a lot more crime. Interestingly, when it came, comes to things like shoplifting, the the kind of, you know, remember that. I guess Giuliani adapted the broken windows theory, right? Which is that you arrest people on the small offenses and then that gives respect to the bigger offenses. And that has been thrown out, you know, by the current crop of mayors and prosecutors. And you saw again, 70, 80% somewhere in that, in that range saying, I want strict enforcement of shoplifting laws. And so they've come around the other way, and they they they've come back to believing broken broken windows policing. Uh, when you when you see what they say about these offenses, it, yeah, it's interesting. Just going back to the the freedom element, because uh, whether it's guns, abortion, marijuana, as you mentioned, people want that freedom. We've also seen that with uh, sports gambling, where that's been uh, allowed in a lot of states that was banned by Republicans in Congress years ago. And, and then uh, basically that that's changed significantly. Uh, just want to get your closing thoughts as we head into to Thanksgiving, you know, basically a year out. Anything else I didn't ask you that you wanted to touch upon? No, I mean, I, I think uh, it's important, I think, for people to realize how much support there really is uh, for Israel in, in America, not to let the demonstrations give a, you know, false picture. I was amused by the media uh, how many people were there at the pro-Israel rally? There were thousands, tens of thousands, uh, or a uh, couple of hundred thousand, depending upon you know which media you were reading. All, all the all the Israeli papers used two hundred ninety thousand. You by the time you get to Reuters, you're at thousands. A couple used tens of thousands. You look at the crowd picture. It looked to me. 100 to 200 was a was a reasonable claim to 90 seemed a bit stretching but uh but thousands seemed to be a pretty vast understatement and so i think that i'm concerned that uh the way things are being covered and kind of because young people are out there you know i think protesting that it's easy to lose sight of how much support there really is for the for the president uh, staying with Israel through this right now, uh, and and that's one of I think the most most important takeaways. And that politically, I don't really believe he's going to lose votes here because I don't think the voters who split with him on Israel are going to be voting for Donald Trump, and they're not going to say, "Well, I didn't like what he did, so I'm just going to let Donald Trump get in." I don't see that's their likely their likely response either. 
uh, whereas he could pick up with swing voters if he does a good job. Well, uh, some interesting data as always, Mark, and we will be back uh, next month in December as we close in on Iowa and New Hampshire. Very exciting, very unpredictable. Uh, Everyone have a good Thanksgiving and thanks, Mark. Thank you.